Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali and I, are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Well, we're back in Zechariah today. We're in chapter 13, and we'll be looking at verses 2 through 9. These are some forward-looking verses uh, that are prophecy for us today, too. So, with that in mind, let's take a listen. Verse 2, And on that day, declares the Lord of hosts, I will cut off the names of the idols from the land, so that they shall be remembered no more. And also I will remove from the land the prophets and the spirit of uncleanness. So God is looking ahead to the day that he reestablishes his kingdom. When Christ returns on that day, that's going to be the day of the Lord. And in that day, in that time, all of these false teachings, all of this... this, um, untruth in the world is going to be reestablished in truth. Because remember, Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And so he is going to be reestablishing not only his way, the gospel way, the only way, but his truth. And Isn't it something to be looking forward to when finally the world will not only have peace on earth, but will have truth? What a great thing to look forward to. Don't you hate being judged by people because you know they don't know you? They always have a false impression. They always misinterpret what you say or what you mean. That will never happen again because... The one who is the ultimate judge will know the hearts of men. He knows what you mean. There'll be truth in the world. And if anyone again prophesies, his father and mother who bore him will say to him, You shall not live, for you speak lies in the name of the Lord. And his father and mother who bore him shall pierce him through when he prophesies. So in other words, if there's falsehood in the land, if there's falsehood at this point, even the father and the mother shall pierce the child. 
Because truth is that important. We take truth for granted so much today. Oh, it's okay to tell a little white lie or, quote, bend the truth or what's right for you is right for you, but what's right for me maybe not right for you. You know, everybody's got their own way of bending the truth. But in that day, there'll only be God's truth. And truth is life. He's saying here, if you're not in the presence of my truth, if you're outside of my presence, there's no life in it. Verse 4, on that day, every prophet will be ashamed of his vision when he prophesies. You're trying to tell other people what's true. You'll be really ashamed of it when Christ reestablishes the only truth, the only way. The only life, it's in his truth. Talking about this prophet, he will not put on a hairy cloak in order to deceive, but he will say, I'm no prophet. I'm a worker in the soil. For a man sold me in my youth. And if one asks him, what are these wounds on your back? He will say, the wounds I received in the house of my friends. So the prophets will never... These false people will never admit their falsehood. They'll just say they're somebody else. They won't try to bring any notice to themselves. But remember, the prophet, these folks don't have to go up and, and say something conspicuous. The false prophets or the false truth, they can, they can say anything. We, we have so many false prophets of false truth, even in our culture today. Money, power, prestige, popularity, all these things people gravitate to as truth. Almost like as prophecy. You can kind of think to yourself today, in, in the face of Christ's truth, even in the world today, these prophets don't acknowledge their falsehood. They don't acknowledge the fact that only Christ's word, only the word of God is the truth in the world. Do these people come up and hold up the Bible? No, they don't. Verse 7, then the tenor of this passage changes a little bit. Awake, O sword, against my shepherd, against the man who stands next to me, declares the Lord of hosts. So the Lord's judgment is going to go out to these false prophets, but it's also going to go out against his shepherd, my shepherd, the good shepherd. Okay? Because we had a good shepherd, and then the good shepherd, remember, was sold for 30 pieces of silver. We saw this back in chapter 11, verse 12. And then there's going to be, uh, they're going to be turned back over to a worthless shepherd. That's verse 17, chapter 11. And then God will 
pour out his spirit of grace on the people and then they'll weep bitterly over him as a firstborn, as one who was pierced. This is Jesus Christ's reference. Now we're back to another reference to Jesus Christ, my shepherd again. Awake, O sword, against my shepherd, against the man who stands next to me. So the sword is going to strike down the shepherd, but it's also going to strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. I will turn my hand against the little ones. In the whole land, declares the Lord, two-thirds shall be cut off and perish, and one-third shall be left alive. And I will put this third into the fire and refine them as one refines silver and test them as gold is tested. They will call upon my name and I will answer them and I will say, these are my people and I, and they will say, the Lord is my God. Jesus refers to this passage about himself in Matthew. Matthew chapter 26, verse 31. Then Jesus said to them, You will all fall away because of me this night, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. Just talking about himself. He's quoting Zechariah right here. The sword will come up against the good shepherd, his shepherd. He'll strike this shepherd. That's part of God's plan. Jesus was put on the cross as part of God's plan. And the sheep will be scattered. But those sheep who are going to be faithful to the good shepherd will be preserved. God will preserve those sheep. But it's not an automatic. He's going to preserve them, but refine them, test them. And you may think you're going through tests. God uses those tests to refine you as the sheep that he is preserving. And in that day, God will preserve those in his name and refine them through the fire, through the what takes over is this worthless shepherd that we read about. God is preserving all of us testing all of us because we those who know him are his remnant his worthy sheep those who he preserves so we'll stop here this powerful powerful uh, scripture Old Testament scripture just completely laying out God's plan for Jesus Christ it's a prophecy about Jesus Christ's first coming, but it's a prophecy about Jesus Christ's second coming, too. It's a prophecy that we have to see Christ, but also anticipate Christ as His promise is, is that one day His remnant will be preserved <clears throat> 
and established in his kingdom. And there will never be a need. Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Now I'll turn the rest of my podcast the podcast over to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great. Look forward to hearing what you've got to say today. So for me to all of you, God bless you. We'll see you next time. Hello. So today's teaching is coming from Zechariah chapter 13, beginning at verse 2 all the way to verse 9. So in this chapter, we are following a program and the chapter opens with in that day and it gives the progress report in prophecy of what will take place in that day that's the day of the lord so it begins with the great tribulation period and the appearance of that man the the man of sin the worthless shepherd the antichrist who brought in the great tribulation so this man is going to come with a false peace and he's going to say he's going to bring peace and people are going to believe him but he's ushering in the great tribulation and he's not bringing in the millennial kingdom so he's going to be the royal dictator who promises peace and is not able to do so because only uh, the Prince of Peace, that's the Lord Jesus Christ, can give peace to this earth. So in that day, the statement in that day refers to the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's at the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, they, there shall be a fountain open to the house of David, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, for sin and uncleanliness you know that is the one who was pierced as it states in chapter 12 of Zechariah verse 10 and it reads and I will pour um, on the house of David and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and supplication then they will look um, on me whom they pierced so uh, the one who died for them and at the first coming so they rejected the Lord Jesus Christ and did not accept him at all so verse 2 of um, that's where our study starts from of chapter 13 reads it shall be in that day says the Lord of hosts that I will cut off the names of the idols from the land and they shall no longer be remembered I will also cause the prophets and the unclean spirits to depart from the land so the Lord actually intends to remove the idols as it stated in Revelations 12 19 verse 20 and it reads then the beast was captured and with him the false prophets so the beast that's um satan and uh, the false prophets who worked signs uh, and that's the antichrist as well who worked signs in his presence by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast and those who worshiped his image these two were cast alive into the lake of fire burning with brimstone so the unclean spirits that are mentioned here um, that's all demons all over the world um is not just in the land um it's just not the, the unclean spirits in that land this will be a final casting out of them and they are part of uh, uh, and they are put out forever so in revelations the devil is put in the bottomless pit for that period and you know we have here because it says the beast um yeah so the beast and the false prophets so um that's what revelation is telling us um for that period and we have the false prophets as well that's the antichrist and the beast they are um they are, oh sorry the antichrist yeah and the the the, the beast that's uh, satan so they are put in the lake of fire and these unclean spirits are also removed and put in one place or another that's in the same pit 
with the false prophets and the, the, the and Satan um, at this particular time. So, um, idolatry and false prophecy together with the unclean spirits are put out. And the idols here that we have referred to, you know, the little fetishes, the household little fetishes and, 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 and you know, um, charms and all that... Um, that they were actually putting up. So the golden calf were not back in Bethel and Samaria. So that type of idolatry, you know, where they have like a big idol and all and they're worshipping it, you know, had not returned. They left it in Babylon. But the household images is what they were actually dealing with as well as, you know, the zodiacs. And today, there is a return of this type of thing. It's actually there. You know, it's you know, I've seen programs on it, um, you know, um, people believing in mediums and, you know, tea readers, like what, yeah, tea bag readers or palm readers, you know, this kind of thing is back because um, uh, of a lack of knowledge of um, God's word. And this, uh, you know, demonic dynamic um, of false prophets and idolatry is actually manifesting today. It's actually there and it's sad. It's, it's like a sad reality. And this is what gives energy to the occult. And here, the putting out of this uh, demonic dynamic uh, covers the entire earth. It's just not in that place. And it's the complete extermination of idolatry and putting out of demons. So now um, I'm going to read verse 3 and 4 together. And they read, It shall come to pass that if anyone shall prophesy, shall if anyone still prophesies uh, that his father and mother then his father and mother sorry who begot him will say to him you shall not live because you have spoken lies in the name of the lord and his father and mother who begot him shall thrust him uh, through when he prophesies so here people are going to put god first despite um it being their child who's prophesying falsely they shall put god first verse 4 goes on to read and it shall be in that day that every prophet will be ashamed of his vision when he prophesies then they will not wear a robe of coarse hair to deceive so here um you know there are two things that are mentioned so that's in verse 4 when they had um you know when the lord comes the prophets will be ashamed um, to attempt to prophesy because they're lying and uh, you know at that particular time they are now confused with um, the false vision that they are having as the Lord Jesus Christ has come and made a liar out of every one of them and then the second thing that's uh, uh, pointed out here to note is uh, the mantle that they wear so it's called um, a rough garment you know a coarse garment to deceive and the prophets in Israel use this so it's a hairy garment and it's mentioned a lot in scripture you know Esau was a hairy individual and he resembled this type of person so it looked as if he had on a hairy garment so Elijah wore such a mantle as well and this was the mantle that actually fell on Elisha so these are going to be removed as well because uh, whether um there be prophecy it shall fail so it will be fulfilled and the false prophets will be made liars as uh, theirs will not be fulfilled their prophecies will and their visions will not be fulfilled verse 5 goes on to read but 
he will say, I am no prophet, I am a farmer, for a man taught me to keep cattle from my youth. So, um, the office of prophecy, the office of prophets, will actually go out of business. You know, like, look at Amos. Amos came and prophesied. He came from um, the country. Uh, he was a farmer. Uh, he used to uh, get, what, sycamore, um, sycamore trees, yeah, and he used to herd cattle uh, or sheep or goats or whatever he was herding, but he was a farmer. And he came and prophesied, and he went back to, to farming. And these people would say, oh, I'm, I'm a farmer. Like, I've been taught how to farm from um, the time of my youth. Verse 6 um, goes on to read, And one will say to him, What are these wounds between your arms? Then he will answer, Those with which I was wounded in the house of my friend. Verse 7, Awake, O sword, against my shepherd, against the man who is my companion, says the Lord of hosts. Strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. Then I will turn my hand against the little ones. So this is what um, a lot of critics have tried to actually get out of the text. And there is no excuse to actually reject it as it's, um, it's actually there to alert us. So verse 6 here um, is saying, let me just read it again. And one will say to him, what are these wounds between your arms? Then I will. Then he will answer, those with which I was wounded in the house of my friend. So he came unto his friends and they received him not. So he came unto his own and they received him not. He was sold for 30 pieces of silver and was crucified. So when he first came, they hated him. When the spirit is poured out, as we've read in our previous um, studies when the spirit of the lord is poured out they will actually receive him because the veil will be lifted from their hearts and their eyes and you know that's when um the second that's when he actually comes so the second time the remnant will receive um him and they will wonder where he actually got the wounds in his hand and here verse 7 goes on to read awake or sword against my shepherd against the man who is my companion says the lord of hosts strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered then i will turn my hand against the little ones so he here he refers back to the time he was smitten uh, when he was here when he was rejected and the lord jesus christ quoted this verse um you know that's uh, from chapter 12 verse 10 um you know it identifies with um with this as well uh, because chapter 12 verse 10 reads and i will pour on the house of david and on the inhabitants of jerusalem the spirit of grace and supplication then they will look on me whom they pierce yes they will mourn for him as one mourns for his only son and grieve for him as one grieves for his first born so the first time he came he was uh, the stranger of galilee to his own but not to those who know him so to know him is life eternal paul at the end of his life says my ambition is that i might know him and uh, in the book of john that's john 1 26 um it reads um, John answered them saying, I baptize with water, but there stands one among you who you do not know. So they didn't know him when he came the first time. So the Lord Jesus Christ said, because you know not 
the time of thy visitation. So they didn't know him. And, uh, you know, Paul in 2 Corinthians 3 verse 14 um, says, But their minds were blinded, for until this day the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament because the veil of the veil is taken away in Christ. So, um, and actually verse 15, yeah, sorry. That's 2 Corinthians 2. Um, it goes on, verse 15. For all things... Sorry, yeah, 3 verse 15. I'm reading the correct thing. Yeah, sorry. Um, but even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil lies on their hearts. So when the heart gets right with God. So they didn't know him. Paul is saying, you know, his own didn't know him. Uh, because they have a veil on their hearts. Um, so, you know, when the heart gets right with God, you can actually turn to him. And, um, you know, he's a stranger only to those who don't know him as, uh, as their savior. So Zechariah speaks of this when, um, of this here that, um, in his first coming, they didn't know him, but they, there was redemption and, he, you know, redemption is the high word in his first coming and revelation is the high word in his second coming so it was reconciliation it was reconciliation at his first coming and recognition at his second and there will be recognition at his second coming so it was incarnation at his first coming and it will be identification um, at his second coming it was the mystery at his first coming and manifestation at his second coming so it was propitiation at his first coming and it will be proclamation at his second coming verse 7 um let me just read that again um awake or sword against my shepherd against the man who is my companion says the lord of hosts strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered then i will turn my hand against the little ones so here this refers to the lord jesus christ because in matthew 26 verse 13 christ made this uh, applicable to himself and it reads uh that's matthew 26 verse 31 reads then jesus said to them all of you will be made to stumble because of me this night for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. So what the Lord Jesus Christ is saying is that those who deny that God has a future purpose for Israel. So that in um, these prophecies that relate to his first coming and his second coming are saying he lied. So they are making Christ to be a liar. They're making God to be a liar. So the Lord Jesus Christ is saying in Matthew that Zechariah was referring to him and when he comes the second time they will say what is the meaning of these nail prints the wounds in your hands and he says I received those in the house of my friends and then the prophecy goes on cause uh, then they will know him so that veil will be lifted and they will know him as it's stated in chapter 12 that they will um, you know, and that's the day that, you know, there's, it's going to be the greatest day of atonement. Verse 8 goes on to read, And it shall come to pass in all the land, says the Lord, that two-thirds um, 
in it shall be cut off and die, but one third shall be left in it. So uh, the remnant, that's the remnant, uh, the one third shall be saved. Verse 9 goes on to read, um, I will bring the one third through the fire, will refine them as silver is refined and test them as gold is tested. They will call my name and I will answer them. I will say, this is my people and each one shall say, the Lord is my God. So that's the time. Um, you know, Sorry, what am I saying? That's why the 144,000 are sealed at that time um, of the great tribulation period. And these are the ones at that time that will say I will take a stand for God so they will stand for God so they will be faithful to him they will go through the great tribulation as he uh, has sealed them so they are his and uh, will make it and we can all make it if we actually just trust and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ so yeah this is a powerful teaching uh, it's been great uh, thank you all for listening in God bless you all and have a pleasant Monday bye bye Thank you.